From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, introducing Over the Back Fence with Ashley Mack and Walter Williams. A new regular panel show where we'll discuss current news and events in Ipswich. In this episode, Quirky Ipswich. What possesses someone to litter their front yard with crazy defamatory signs? Can Ipswich be floodproofed? And is Ipswich a city of divided communities? It's Monday, January 25, 2021, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. For the first time on the show, this is a new segment called Over the Back Fence. Let me welcome in our regular panellists. He was born in Ipswich and grew up under the power lines at Ebervale, which may explain why he's a media tart, but not why he's a small business owner. Hello, Ashley Mack. G'day, Alan. How are you? It's a pleasure to be here. Our second panellist has lived in Ipswich for 30 years. You've heard his voice as a leading voiceover talent in Australia and is a broadcaster and journalist. Hello, Walter Williams. G'day, mate, and thank you for having me on the program with yourself and the wonderful Ash. Thank you both for joining us for Over the Back Fence. We'll leap straight into the topics for this week. Those outrageous signs on that Bavel home, what drives a person to deliberately make their home an eyesore and then cop a $30,000 fine? Ash, what do you think? I think we he suffers from a little bit of what the Americans have been suffering from over the last few years. Uh, but I think he's actually uh, starting to think there's some weird things happening. It's all happening in his head, I'd say. Well, as you know, the signs are extremely defamatory. Um, and uh, conspiracy theorist plus, but I still don't get why you would, you know, absolutely destroy your home and your front yard and you're the, you're the butt of a thousand jokes. Yeah. yeah, I've seen him walking along the road and he's uh, an unusual looking gentleman, isn't he? Well, what, what are your thoughts? Oh, look, first thing is, as you're driving through Bavel there and you, you can't miss it, um, right near the... Um, shopping centre. It's it's a distraction to the eye for a start, uh, let alone being just uh, visual graffiti. Uh, and and the, the, it's, it's been ongoing for what, how many years now? About at least three. I've lost track of it. And uh, that's, a, that's a whole other discussion as to why it has taken council so long to have a victory. Yeah, I can't understand because, I mean, if if you or I did it, I, I think it would be sorted out pretty quickly. But somehow, this gentleman, are we allowed to mention his name? Uh, he's been in court, yes. Yeah, I guess so. That's the, the Russell guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, he's, has taken this on, Russell Gordon Hag Matthews, um, and he's been described as a vexatious litigant by the Supreme Court in Queensland. And, and if that happened to any other regular person, I think there would have been something done about it by now. But for some reason, that disgusting eyesore is still there today. I know, look, it, we're all entitled to have an opinion, and I know Ash has always got an opinion on everything. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't matter what it was. And uh, and but 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 there's 
ways of doing it, ways and means, and I, I don't know if that's the correct means. He uh, he actually used the defence of of he's allowed to make a protest, and I think that's what stalled the whole thing for a while because there was a, a bit of a loophole. Um, but eventually, the the council won, which is good to see. But will he remove the stuff? Yeah, I must admit, I haven't been passed since the uh, the court handed down the fine. Uh, have you guys been passed recently? Are the signs still oh. there? I don't know. Go past it regularly. Yes, still there. I haven't noticed any change. Actually, you've got to hand it to some people, though, with their signage. They can attract attention. Have you noticed how good the Moscow Circus people are? (laughs) (laughs) They're everywhere. They are masters at it. They are masters at it. Good good luck to them. Good luck to them. Some of those Moscow Circus clowns are looking a little tired. (laughs) (laughs) I think they've been around the block a couple of times, or at least around the kids. All right, let's move on to uh, topic number two, gentlemen, if we can. And it's always topical and has been topical with the 10th anniversary of the uh, 2011 flood uh, this month. What's your take on flood-proofing Ipswich? Is it uh, feasible to really flood-proof the CBD and Goodner? Walt, over to you first, because I know you suffered badly during the flood. Yeah, mate, yeah, absolutely. Look, I, uh, look, it's physically impossible to ever totally uh, make Ipswich flood-proof, or Brisbane for that matter, because we're in floodplains from, well, in Ipswich from both rivers, both the Bremer and the Brisbane River. Mm. And uh, But it would be nice to see a little more flood mitigation taking place. I know if you go down to um, Grafton in New South Wales, they've got some levees which at least give uh, a little more time for the water to build up before it starts overflowing into people's roads and what have you. Um, and I know it's going to upset the greenies, but that river hasn't been dredged since Jesus was a boy. Mm. And it, it, there's no depth in it. And uh, I'm, it's just basic science to me that uh, if you've got more room in the bucket, it'll hold more water. It's a fairly a large amount of water for the, for the river to hold in those floods. Yeah. The only thing that worries me about flood mitigation is that in America they've tried it in a lot of cities, and it worked. They built levees and all sorts of things, but mm-hmm. the problem was all they did was move the problem. Create a problem further down. Yeah, yeah you, I don't know what the, what's below Grafton, where their flood zone, but if if we basically put up um, flood mitigation here, all we're going to do is move the problem downstream. And who are you going to flood down there? I, my my view is, is that, and I, it really annoys me when I see houses being sold that are in on the floodplain. Why can't we build higher? You know, we should always go for higher. And some yeah. of some of that has been done with the older Queenslanders and uh, the more recent houses on stumps. They've been raised. But here, here's my take on it, uh, guys. Walt mentioned uh, Grafton, and there are other cities in Australia on very level floodplains, not a, not a canyon arrangement like we've got here with the Bremer yeah. and all the different tributaries, tributaries coming in through built-up areas. Uh, Charleville has a uh, flood levee now, which works pretty well, except in the extreme cases. Uh, the, I think the issue we have with Ipswich is, you know, there's been simplistic proposals put. One of those is, let's put a big gate under Marsden Parade for the <laughs> railway embankment. Now, yeah. I do know, I haven't seen the report, but I do know there has been an, uh, a, a few studies done to see if that's a feasible idea. But the problem is the railway embankment, which is QRs, Queensland Rails, is not built to be a dam. No. Right? No. And that, but that's only the start of the problem. Yeah, then you've yeah. got all your stormwater drains coming to the river. Yeah. Right? They will back up. And if yeah. you remember in 2011, 
that the stormwater drains uh, in the lower parts of Brisbane Street uh, started, the water started coming up and well before it had overtopped the banks. And, mm. and for those people living on what I would call the wrong side of the railway track, uh, be no benefit at all. Thinking North Bival, what, what are you going to do there? It's just such a difficult p- topography, Ipswich, and if someone did come up with a feasible solution, it's going to be billions of dollars. Last word on the flood? Sorry, I was just going to say, they've they've come up with some new flood guideline things and simple measures, of course, would be wet-proofing the lower level of your home. I mean, you shouldn't just... If you're in that area, you don't build underneath. It's as simple as that. Mm. And and on that note, we should be very careful about what both state and local governments sign off on as new estates in this area. And I think next time we have water, I'm going to be proven right, unfortunately, on a couple of them. Um, and, and the other thing is we are living in the most flood-prone state in Australia. Ooh. So it's, it's just something we've got to live with. Yes, and the other old cities like uh, Gympie and Maribor, the first settlers built right next to the water. Uh, the traditional owners knew how high the water was going to get, mm-hmm. but obviously they weren't consulted. Um, no. But no, it, it was built for convenience because, you know, pre-electricity, uh, pre-all the modern conveniences, people needed water, so they built next to the water. Ash? Here's an interesting one. I, I lived here in 74. I was actually working at uh, Rockley Markets, which went under, and I was on the very last train that came from Rockley to Ipswich, and they were, the, the water was actually over the rails when they were um, bringing his home. And Colleges Crossing, I was supposed to go camping there that weekend. It was the Australia Day weekend of 1974. And Colleges Crossing, we went out and had a look, and it was just underwater, a long way underwater. And I've always wondered why they built the park there, because another flood and that'll be gone again. Yeah. That needs a bridge, doesn't it? That needs a bridge that starts up the top and goes right across. And it's needed that for... Three decades I've lived here. Well, there's actually a, a, a plotted line. You can see a plotted line through Carolee for a bridge across to Belbari and um, and Mogul, but the Mogul people won't have that. They like their ferry. We can yeah. do a whole other podcast on bridges, Alan. Well, I think we could. Well, well, all right, we'll make a note. <clears throat> podcast on bridges coming up. Or, <laughs> actually, talking of bridges, um, how do we bridge the so-called Ipswich-Springfield divide and the alleged... City country divide. Who wants to go first? Mm, I'll have a go at that one. All right. Go, Ash. First thing you're going to have to do is stop Ipswich people being jealous of the treatment that Springfield people got when they first set it up. There was, um, the well, the rumour mill said that, that Springfield was given a lot of help, so to speak, in building, and Ipswich paid for it. There's a lot... Um, when you see how much money is spent down there, it'd be nice to see a sort of an even balance, and I think that's what's upsetting people. Well, can I just chime in there, only from my previous background. Uh, most of the basic infrastructure, like curb and channelling, uh, sewerage, all that kind of stuff, that's put in by the developer yeah. and then built into the cost of the land. Now, way back when, in some of the older suburbs, when there was Morton Shire and parts of Ipswich, uh, developers just developed, took the money and run, and there was no follow-up, no sewerage, and that's the main issue. So it's not that Springfield's getting special treatment. You look at any new estate in Australia, all those things are there as part of the cost of the land, um, and retrofitting in old areas is tough. 
But yeah. don't they call that the ultimate Ponzi scheme? Because <laughs> no, no, seriously, it's it's actually called the the property Ponzi scheme. Because what happens is, is we get a developer to build the roads, but if you actually do the sums, the um, amount to upkeep that is not there's not a big enough contribution from the people who live there to maintain it. That's why you've got so many older areas falling apart. Right, there's an actual higher cost. To me, it would have been smarter to um, one bring Springfield a little closer to Ipswich because we, it's that magic twenty odd minutes distance where it should be only ten minutes, like out of Ripley, which is closer. Well, yeah, that's a, that's all history now. Yeah, get, go, Walt. Yep. Oh, how would you physically make it closer? I, I, I get you, Ash, because we've got like a 25-minute drive to get to Orion Springfield Central Shopping Centre, and we go there quite often. Um, the shopping's good. Um, and and also on the subject of uh, the developer, uh, full marks to him for what he did in that region because it, he took it all on board himself. And, yes, he's a, you know, he's a billionaire as a result of it, but a hell of a lot of risk involved. Mm, remember when it was first starting, Springfield was just nothing. Well, it was and up that, old. It was up old Logan Road to get to the first stage, wasn't it? Pretty yes. much, and uh, nobody yeah. knew how to find it. So it certainly has come a long way. And look, overall, uh, no one's criticising um, the Springfield development as such mm. because a lot of people are choosing to live there. It's just that emotional connection with traditional Ipswich, and I think that will improve when there there are better transport links. And now that the the CBD is had and getting a major facelift, you know, encourage Springfield or the greater Springfield residents to come into the CBD and and celebrate Ipswich. Well, as someone who lives in the CBD, um, and I'm, I, do, I can walk into the town, that's the into the main city, I, for years nothing was being done and I think that's where a lot of this angst comes from. Yes. Whereas you can see Springfield growing every year and Ipswich Central had reached an impasse and nothing was happening. And that was frustrating as a ratepayer and as a local. Yeah, absolutely. Is it possible that, that, that what we, this actually reflects back on a previous subject, Springfield's less likely to flood, so if you're going to put any infrastructure and buildings down there, mm. it doesn't, does it? I, I was thinking about that earlier today. Does Springfield get inundated in a flood? I think the worst it might be, Ash, is a little bit of flash flooding through Rob L. Domain. And that's it. I think so. So the, my argument about building in, in better places, yeah. they've already done that. Mm. <laughs> look, look, what about the city-country divide? There was a, often a lot said that the, the, the former Division 10, uh, yeah. you know, which covered Rosewood and Marburg and at one time Harrisville before it was uh, hived off to uh, Scenic Grim, you know, that they were, the, they were poorly done by. Do you think that's getting better? Do you think the relations between city and country is getting better or was it purely in the mind of the politicians and the residents didn't care? I think you're yeah. right, the latter, mm. <laughs> because it, people move out here because it's got a semi-rural look about it. Yes. I, I live on acreage 10 minutes away from, from the town o'clock. Yeah. We like it because it's like that. Mm. Walt, what do you All think? All of those country areas, they're beautiful to visit, uh, and, and I think they benefit from everyone who's already in the centre of Ipswich, who goes out to the Cynic Rim, to Booner and, and places like that, and, uh, you know, come the I, farm down yeah, here yeah. in Elba. Yes, but yeah. I'm, I'm more thinking about those, those areas within Ipswich, like Rosewood and Marburg, and, yeah. and both of them are growing. Um, and Walloon, of course, has had a big shot in the arm with the new estate there, ch completely changing the flavour of the yeah. district. Uh, and they're, 
they're the lucky ones with the public transport spine as well, electric trains. Yeah, mm. they're right up the middle. That's wonderful. Mm. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that's a, always worried me, not worried me, concerned me about um, Yamanto and um, Springfield is their, their public transport corridor is, is pretty average, where ours here on the railway line is fantastic. We can hope at one day soon, gentlemen, there'll be a big announcement to actually build the uh, Ipswich Central to Springfield Central rail line. The corridor's been set aside. There's been a lot of discussion on and off over the years. So there'd be a railway station behind the university near the showgrounds. There'd be a railway station in the middle of Yamanto. And I think another four or five through Ripley Valley, Deebing Heights, Ripley Central, etc. So you know what the CBD needs too, talking infrastructure like that and that. Uh, transportation, uh, the bus hub has been left to die since 2011 flood. Nothing's been done to it. And it gets bought up regularly and still nothing, but that's a state government issue. We'll pursue that again, I think, on the podcast this year with uh, with the local member who's always happy to to talk on the show. Gentlemen, have we solved any problems today? Oh, the world's problems are solved by over the back fence, aren't they? (laughs) All that's missing is a cab driver. (laughs) Last word to you, Ash. Oh, this has been an absolute pleasure. Are you going to do it again? Because this is good fun. Yeah, I think we should do it at least once a month. There'll be plenty plenty of subjects to talk about. What about you, Walter? Yep, I'm up for it, mate. Sounds like a a good idea. All I can say is, thank heaven, this isn't video. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley Mack and Walter Williams, thank you for joining me. Our very first Over the Back Fence on Ipswich Today. Over the Back Fence will be back next month. And briefly in other local news, motorists are being reminded to put safety first in school zones as students across Ipswich prepare to return to the classroom this week. To coincide with the start of Term 1, Ipswich City Council and police will be patrolling school zones throughout February to make sure parents park correctly. Enforcement cameras will also be rotating through school hotspots and number plate recognition patrol cars will be out in full force. A new children's crossing has been completed at Collingwood Park in time for the start of the new school year. The crossing has been installed on Woodlinks Way between Collingwood Drive and Cypress Street. Works included the installation of two curb ramps, associated posts, line marking and signage. Switch Summer Sounds will rock Tulma Place Saturday, January 30. There's an exciting lineup of Aussie performers who'll play the stage in the Nicholas Street Precinct, Ipswich Central. Performers include multi-award winning singer-songwriter Jack Jones from Southern Sons, Bob Evans, Kevin Mitchell and Jebediah, those tap guys and a lineup of local talent will take the stage for six hours of live music and entertainment. Ipswich Hospital Foundation and the Rotary Club of Ipswich City will host a great Aussie barbecue to raise money for the community, while Four Hearts Brewing Company will once again pop up on the Tulma Deck with their bar. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button at the bottom of the page. You can subscribe for free and share this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today from your smart speaker. 
Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.